to Welcome to Cars and Health Bars. On today's episode, we have with us Brian Kimmel. Hello. Hey, Brian. How's it going? Not too bad. How about yourself? Doing all right. So, we kind of wanted to ask you a little bit about, uh, I mean, you've been drag racing for a long time. You know, uh, what's the racing scene been like, you know, from whenever you started to what it is currently? Uh, in, in this part of the country, it comes and goes. Yeah. Uh, it'll have a year or two where it's big and it'll die off for a little while. And it comes back. And currently, it's in kind of a, if you ask my opinion, it's in a low state right now. Yeah, I would uh, agree. you got a few people that still do it, but it's nothing like what it was, say, two or three years ago. Yeah. Uh, sure. But it'll come back around. You just got to be ready when it does. Yeah. I think so, that's uh, due to people not having money or bills breaking, maybe? No, I, think it, I think it's just natural. I think it, yeah. everybody does it for a while, and you get tired of it. It's a second job, and then it goes away, and yeah. then you kind of get your batteries charged back up, and you go again. Yep. It is definitely a hobby. Anything that's a hobby costs you a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. So with like uh, the local scene, I, well, first I wanted to really hit on what you kind of got going as far as your builds go. You know, that just Kimball racing in general. What <laughs> you guys have going on? Uh, I got my wife's car, that 2002 Orange Camaro, mm-hmm. and it's more of a just drive it around car. Uh, turbocharged six liter. Four. What's that get down at? Uh, we never have actually ran the car at the drag strip all out. Uh, the fastest been on the eighth mile of the track was 620 at 117, I think. And, uh, it actually blew up at the 400 foot mark that day. (laughs) So, if it didn't blow up, it bent two rods and I let out of it. Uh, the car has been on a draggy on the street without giving too much information away. It's been, um, low nines bare asphalt so, i mean the car don't run bad and we still drive it everywhere uh, it's pretty comfortable so we can take the kids out yeah i mean i could put four people in we can go to gallenberg right now if you want to yeah uh gets pretty decent mileage it's got a four lady and a 350 gear so i mean it cruises pretty nice yeah um other than that that's the main focus more or less is keeping it on the road and keeping it going which it's got a lot of good parts in it so it, it rarely ever breaks which i like the stock bottom end stuff so we keep putting junkyard six liters in it and I get greedy and hurt them, yeah. and I just put another one in it. So That's I mean, the thing about those six liters is they're there at every junkyard. Yeah, I mean we we don't have no problem picking them up. Which everything behind the motor is really good stuff, really stout. We never had any problems with any of that stuff. It's always an engine problem, and like I say, it's not it's not the engines. It's they do fine. It's literally me getting greedy. Yeah, uh, I think that's with a lot of builds. It's just the driver gets greedy for power. Yeah, you know, especially these YouTube guys, they get a lot of flack for you know. Uh, Put, you know, blowing up a build, and then they're on a headhunt. Their fans are looking for the engine builder. Oh, yeah. For all this, you know. It's the driver. It's always the driver pushing it past well, that's The person doing the tuning and stuff, which, I mean, I can run around on low boost in that car and never hurt it, but it's never going to be that fun to drive. Yeah. Uh, there's an amazing difference from, say, normally right around about nine pounds of boost. From nine to 22, 23, 24 is an amazing difference. 23 to 28 is even that much more of a difference. So. Yeah. You get tired of running around, you know, say, low boost, and you want to go make a number real quick, and you turn it up, I mean, you're taking that chance. Yeah. Uh, other than her car, though, like I say, there's nothing really in the works for it right now. Just keep it on the road. Yeah. Uh, we just recently purchased a 72 Nova SS that's been off the road since 96. Wow. And uh, it's not a real, real nice car, but it's not super rough either. 
and it'll be LS swapped with a T56 and some other stuff. But oh man, that's exciting! Yeah, just to play around with it. Kind of same plans as an orange car, I'd say. Roughly, eventually, yeah. yeah. It's along the same lines, but I do want to keep this one a, a manual of some sort. Uh, I acquired a Muncie M20 transmission was a four-speed, and we kind of kicked it around a little bit, and that's not going to work for us. What we want to do. Uh, the car's got 456 or 488 gears, so I don't want to be cruising an interstate at 60, you know, 4,000 RPMs. I'd like to be able to jump in and go anywhere. Yeah. And that car's a – it's a factory AC car, factory power brakes, factory power steering, factory – it's got all, every option. So I believe, you know, if we make the air work on it and, you know, six, seven hundred horsepower at the tire, it would be a pretty fun driver. Yeah, that's what I like about – cars you know a lot of these older guys they got into just building drag cars but yeah. you know this like your generation and bleeding into ours we like to build cars that we can get down put a good track time and also go mess around on the street yeah it's i'm not so much worried about maximum et gain uh which everybody likes going fast yeah and everybody likes trying to increase the number right but or decrease the number but uh i prefer something i can jump in and go to rule king and pick up some yeah. chicken feed yeah. and then go run a decent pass that night uh, uh, while we're on the topic of kind of driving a drag street car, uh, if there was ever, uh, like, have you seen the drag and drive events? That they oh, yeah. Have, uh, would, yeah. You ever, would you be interested in doing something like that if it was in our area? We had talked about going and doing Midwest drags, which starts out of Edgewater. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've actually been to it. I didn't compete, but I was there. Yeah. And, uh, yes, I most definitely would do a drag and drive event. Yeah. Uh, That's something we're kind of trying to ask all our car guests, if they'd be interested in something like that. Maybe at some point we could throw something together. But, uh, yeah, I always I always thought the concept of drag and drive is, like, such a fun thing. You it know, is. It's like, it's like a vacation for car guys. We get to go to all these different tracks. You know, we're all around, you know, like-minded people. Yeah. A lot of fun. There's a ton of them now. That's uh, When it started off, of course, you had drag week, and now you got, I think there's around 20 of them. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's it's – the fastest growing train in motorsports. I just find it crazy that nobody's tried to do our area yet. You know, with Beach Bend, you know, you've got uh, up uh, in Hardensburg, you got a track yeah. up there. It's like we got so many tracks that, you know, like a few hours within each other. Seems like a no-brainer to have one in our area. Yeah, it's uh, – I don't know why it was kind of picked over, but it was. Yeah. They're everywhere, but except for here, seems like. Yeah. And there's so much motorsports stuff around here. you got NCM, mm-hmm. Beach Bend. Yeah. But I also wanted to talk about uh, – how I ran into you is, is knowing about the origin of, you know, uh, our, we got a couple local vet carts running around, and yeah. uh, you're just kind of the vet cart guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I kind of started it turned around here, I guess. Well, what kind of got you into building vet carts? Uh, you know, you can break that down for me. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. It just happened. Yeah. Uh, I mean, C5 Corvettes, they're fun. Uh, I'm not one of the guys that likes pristine ones with 10,000 miles in the garage. I like beat up ones. Yes, I like finding one that I can do whatever I want to in. And a vet car just kind of played right into that. Uh, and they're just fun. They're, they're fun to ride around in. Get a lot of attention for sure. They do. Sometimes it's sometimes you're just trying to stop and get $20 in gas and you want to get back on the road. And, yeah. you know, you're at the gas station for an hour. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, it's which is cool because everybody likes enjoying it and stuff. That's nice, but. At times, though, it's like I'm trying to go. I got to go. I'm in a hurry. Yeah. Uh, but they're fun. They're just a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then too, I mean, I guess there's a small part of me that maybe likes irritating purists a little bit. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they they don't like them. They don't like them at all. Trees older guys just turn their nose up. Well, but I try to explain to them uh, all the body parts and stuff off of vet carts go to keep another car alive. Yeah. So I mean, if it weren't for those body parts being freed up. 
one of your really nice cars might not be drivable, salvageable, yeah. uh, because parts are so hard to come by and parts are so high. A lot of people can't afford them. Yeah. Uh, so, I think they're, uh, I think they're cool. They're fun. Yeah. Which, like you said, there's more of them popping up around here, and that's one reason why I just sold my 2002 Z06 car. Uh, it was about 50% complete, and. Uh, I'd say they've kind of lost their luster a little bit, maybe to me. There's so many of them running around. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It just it wasn't the same. Yeah. Which I had the only one around here for a long time, and uh, I might have been okay with one or two, but there's there's more of them popping up day by day. So. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, "Wow, I've never seen one before." Yeah. That's 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 a fun old car. That car is awesome. It's uh, like, like 2018. Yeah, and people. I don't know, people would be like, well, I wish I could drive it, and I'd throw them the keys. And they're yeah. like, oh, I'm like, no, drive it, seriously. I don't yeah. care. Take it for a ride. And uh, that, that was always one of the funnest parts about that car because everybody's like, oh, why don't you make it make more power? Which it made a 487 on LS1 at the rear tire on MCR's dyno. Yeah. And I, honest to goodness, didn't want any more. <laughs> that, that's all it needed because it was a blast to drive. You literally could let other people drive it, and they wouldn't kill themselves if they were yeah. somewhat responsible. Uh, you know, if you'd have made that car have six fifty, seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred thousand, trans probably wouldn't have liked. Well, that and then you couldn't let people enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's you get to the part where you're going to start breaking parts, and then it's like, well, no, I can't let you drive it because of things you know too wicked. Yeah. And I didn't want no part of that. That, that is one thing that I like a lot about how you do cars is like you're so humble and you know <laughs> like all your cars are just junk yeah. to you and it, it's it's just like. Especially with a lot of the guys we have local, they're like so stuck up. Yeah. And it's it's hard to even talk to somebody like that so stuck up no. about their build. All my stuff is junk. It's it's all <laughs> junk. Uh, I think the first time I saw the uh, the catfish car, there was a Starbucks cup sitting in the engine bay. Oh, I don't doubt it a bit. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, this yeah. is Brian Kimball written all over. Yeah, that's uh, which that car there, people don't believe it. The engine in that car right now, I bought it three, four, five years ago. At one time, I had a bunch of them on standby. And uh, I gave $400 for that long block, and I sold the heads off of it for $100. So I got $300 in a short block, which I did fold up two rods in it two year, a year or two ago. And uh, now it's got pistons and rods from two different motors. It's got the bearings out of the original motor that were in bent rods. Uh, so, I mean, you don't have to spend a whole lot of money. Everybody thinks i got high-dollar stuff. A bunch of my stuff really is junk. It's it's junk. It's stuff that nobody else wanted. Uh that vet cart that we were just discuss discussing a minute ago, I got a really good offer on the LS1 that was in it, uh, and I sold it. And the only motor I had available at that time was a 300,000-mile 4.8. And I shoved a cheap camshaft in it, put it in that car, and it made 478 rear-wheel horsepower on MCR's dyno. Uh, a little softer down low, but not terrible. But, I mean, that motor has literally, when I owned a car, it was always getting beat on. Uh I mean, 80 mile per hour burnouts on the interstate's fun. Uh, I did a first through third gear rev or burnout at LS Fest in the photo booth. Uh, we destroyed a brand new set of tires in one day running around Glasgow. Uh, we just kept it on the limiter in first and second and third gear, just doing burnouts, donuts, whatever you can think of. And that motor never once gave any problem whatsoever. And it's literal junk. Uh, I think I got it for like hundred bucks. Wow. It had rust in the cylinder walls and some other stuff. 
And that motor's still hanging in there, doing great. Yeah. Uh, so you don't have to spend a whole lot of money on some of this stuff to go fast and or have a bunch of fun. Yeah, yeah you don't need name brand parts for everything, you know. In the engine, more often than not, keeping it simple is the best way to go. It's, if you're talking LS stuff and newer, there's no sense. Unless you have some lofty horsepower goal or trying to chase an ET, stock Gen 4 parts will get you a long way, and they it's take like a beating. Oh, that's no problem at all. No sweat. Uh, the people that want to spend all kinds of money in their stuff sits on jack stands for years. You could have been, you could have been out having a blast with stock stuff. And I mean, if you if you bend a rod, just take it apart, put another one in there. It's no yeah. big deal. You can buy a rod on eBay right now for twenty six dollars. Yeah, it comes with a bearing too. You can probably get a whole set off someone who doesn't want any for a hundred bucks. Hundred to one hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, I bought all four Centurnals for my car. I'm kind of wishing I stayed stock. Well, I mean, it, it's not a bad deal to do that. Uh, but at the same time, if it's going to mean sitting there for a long yeah. time, it's Maybe. a much better idea just to shove a motor in there and go have a blast. Uh, I mean, Facebook Marketplace is littered with three, four, five, six, seven hundred dollar LS motors. If you hurt one, it's not the end of the world. Couple, I don't know, half a day you're back in business. So. <laughs> All right. So I don't, I don't know what we got, what we didn't got get, but uh, Jordan, you were wanting to talk about something about the junkyard king, the king. Yeah, I'd consider you like the junkyard LS guy around here, kind of. I. You just seem to have more of the cooler builds that kind of originate with you know more of the junkyard parts. Yeah. And that's kind of what we were getting at before. Is you know you don't have to buy all the. I, I don't know if anybody else around here really does the same way I do. If they do, I don't know them. Uh, I would say Brandon, you know, he might be kind of like that. Well, there's people that kind of do it, kind of play into the junk stuff, but at the same time, how many people you know it's got a 1,000 horsepower, yeah. horsepower car that's like used stock stuff? Uh, not many. Definitely not many. And I'm not saying it makes a 1,000 rubber horsepower. I'm not saying that, but it's gotten close by the number. It's gotten close by the numbers a few times. Uh uh, it, I'll be honest with you, it all started years and years and years. I, I started hot rodding when I was like 14 years old. And uh, I never had a whole lot of money to, to spend on really nice stuff. So I had to make what I had work. And, you know, there's people like, oh, this is junk. It'll never work. I think that's kind of the birth of hot riding in general. It is. It is. And, you know, other people be like, well, that'll never work. You shouldn't even do it. Well, tell me why it won't work. Yeah. That kind Have of you tried it? More. You know, they're, they're the bottom of the page guy. They're just going straight to the most expensive part. Yeah. So my junk stuff won't work. And then you ask them why it won't work, and they can't tell you. Yeah. Well, why won't it work? And then you do it, and they're like, well, I didn't think that would work. Well, I, I didn't have that I didn't have that mentality yeah. going into it. I wasn't looking at it that way. I was looking at it, if this don't work, it's all I can afford. Yeah. So we got to make it work. Yeah, I definitely think some people got their nose stuck up because they got expensive parts or partnerships with people, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's – not everybody's gonna get along though. I mean, you got different, yeah. I mean, I, different personality traits out there. Yeah. Uh, I like for everybody to have fun, and get along as That's much as possible. Kind of the goal, really, if yeah. you think about it, yeah. just to have fun. Uh, I don't. Nothing I have is worth looking down on anybody else uh, because, I mean, I I tell you a story. Back twenty some years ago, I had a eighty. I don't even remember what year it was. A Plymouth Sundance 2.2 automatic two-door that made like 120 horsepower. 
and people probably thought I was crazy, but I was all time trying to make it faster. Yeah. Why? Just because that's what I do. Uh, so, I mean, for me to look down on somebody else that might have something lesser than what I have, which would be a major feat, uh, no, because I was there. I might have even been lower than that guy, yeah. to tell you the truth. Yeah. Uh, like I say, a Pontiac or a Plymouth Sundance with, I don't know, 300,000 miles on it trying to run a tenth faster uh, on no budget. So, there's no sense in looking down on anybody. Yeah, I think some people could kind of take away from that, you know. Maybe not a competition. Everybody's at the everybody's got the same. I don't know. You go to like a cars and coffee. Everybody there has a common interest. Yeah, for sure. Whether it be going faster, whether it be getting lower, best paint, stereo, whatever, it still it still revolves around cars. You're all there with a common interest. Why you want to be mean to them or less than friendly anyway? I won't say mean. Uh, You shouldn't be. They're there for the same thing you are. That is something I want to talk about too. Good transition to cars and coffee. It's they're starting to like it's like they were never a thing like two three years ago and it's like now it's like there's one every saturday you know yeah uh, they're uh we used to have a decent one at bowling a long time ago but then it died off and again that goes back to that kind of it just comes and goes in spurts and then people weren't putting in the time trying to advertise or spread the word or anything and that kind of really was the nail in the coffin but now you got people that will and uh but there are, they're popping up everywhere. Yeah, I remember, like, when I first started driving, it was, like, maybe once a month, you know, the Nashville would be going on, and we'd all go there. But now it's, like, you got the Cave City, Bowling Green, Nashville, you got everywhere. Right yeah, there. Lexington's got a good one. Uh, Oak Grove's got a good one at times. Wow, I didn't know about that one. Yeah, I've been to Oak Grove. It's over at the casino. It's a pretty fun time. Huh. Uh, Nashville Cars and Coffee School. It's, yeah, I like the Speedway having it now. Well, I haven't been there since the Speedway's got it, but I like the fact that I kind of went with a preconceived notion that the Titans people were going to be there with multi-million dollar cars and they'd get all the attention. Well, no, it's not that way. No, it's that it's not that way at all. I mean, they draw a crowd, but. I, that's what we saw. Like, there'd be a guy would snap a picture of a, picture of, picture of a Lambo and then he'd just be on his way. He'd yeah. go, go check out this, yeah. you know, 74 Bronco. They kind of they get a little attention, but then you walk over there and, like you said, just something random. Yeah. And it's like, why are there 300 people around this car? <laughs> yeah. And it happens that way, but it's cool. It's like that, though. Yeah. Uh, because, like I say, the first time I went, big, big misunderstanding on my part. I thought it was going to be like, a, I got to go over and look at these multi-million-dollar cars, which first time I went, taking a vehicle of my own was the vet cart. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you can only imagine yeah. uh, 10,000 people surrounding it. But, and I'm like, why are you over looking at this junk when there's like a, I don't even know what it was. I don't, I don't know what all of them were, but yeah. you should be over checking those out. It's nice to see people still respect, like, you know, builds. They're not just all worried about the high-dollar cars. They respect, you know, people putting builds together. You know, it's good to see that still. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the more expensive cars, you don't see as many builds. But there definitely are some, like, yeah. local I can think of. But it's definitely less yeah. than, like, let's say a Camaro or Mustang. They're not relatable to most people. Yeah, because yeah. most people just don't know about them, really. Well, I mean, you take – that's cool. You drove up in your – quarter million dollar sports car how many people can go buy that quarter million dollar sports car True. most people can buy that third gen sitting there yeah. yeah if they want one they can probably buy one yeah yeah uh, so i mean it's more relatable than a half million dollar car is yeah because people will see that car on marketplace and then they'll think oh my god i could do the same thing that dude did at that car show you yep know? or i like he did this and matter of fact i like that style of car and didn't even know i did so yeah, yeah. that definitely grew on me yep i like third gens 
Josh, we need to talk about you not liking the fortunes too much. I don't know. <laughs> that might be a summer. That might be a summer interview kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. They they are growing on me just because they are so affordable, and it's like I could have it's some. I don't know. I, I hated the third gen just as much as the fourth gen, but it really grew on me after a while. I don't know if it's just owning one or what kind of put that on me. They're pretty aerodynamic. I they're a good platform. Yeah. Good the only thing wrong with F bodies is weight and torque arms. I mean, other yeah. than that, unibody kind of sucks too. If you ever get. Yeah. That's like summer's orange car. It weighs with me in it in the full tank of gas. It's approaching thirty eight hundred pounds. Oh wow. So I mean, if I were to put her same engine package, same everything in a Fox body that weighs. 28, 2900 yeah. pounds. Yeah. You can imagine. I mean, that's, that's a pretty substantial difference. Yeah. Uh, so the weight kind of sucks, but they are kind of affordable. But recently, in the last couple of years, they kind of took off like a rocket, like most cars did. Yeah. And, yeah. But they haven't really settled back down yet. They're still climbing. Yeah. Uh, you take fourth gen WS6 cars. Yeah, they stay up there. Right I mean, they're just outrageous. I've always, that was one of my dream cars for the longest, but I just couldn't afford one. I was like, I'll just get a fifth gen over it. I had a silver O2, that WSC car. It was, a, it was a fun car. Uh, I think I've seen that one. Yeah, it was fun. It was pretty much all stock. Uh, but it, they're fun. They're, they're nice cars. Like I said, the best thing about them is it's already got an LS in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they, they work pretty decent suspension-wise. And, I mean, you can buy anything for it you want. So, it's not like anything's obsolete for it or anything. No, nah, there's definitely a good following for them. So. Oh, yeah. I think that's why you see so many LS builds, not as many Coyote. I mean, there is support for Coyote, but not near as much as there is for LS. It'll, uh, the, the Coyote stuff will come along here in about the next two, three, four, or five yeah. years. Because yeah. the prices are just now starting to kind of get to where most everybody can afford We're it. Which Gen 1 short blocks going for as much as cheaper than Gen 5 LTs. Yeah. Know? Yeah, and they're starting. I mean, they snuck their ways into the F-150, so you're going to see them more yeah. in junkyards. Well, you got the truck motors that are going for next to nothing, kind of like an LS motor. So once that starts happening... It's it's natural. It's natural. Rod, crank, pistons. I mean, they're already forged internals. Yeah. So I mean, there's a great bottom end to start with. You can probably make it thirteen hundred on a bottom end. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just technology. There, they're very technically technical, yeah. technically advanced. They're very volumetric efficient. Yeah. They're definitely a lot better than LS. A lot of people don't like to hear that, but well, the LT is more the competitor in that aspect, I'd say. Well, one thing that helped all the newer engines too is the the eight six six speed, eight speed, ten speeds. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if the next generation, whatever you want to call it, if the next Chevrolet generation of engine or the next Ford generation, yeah. if it comes out with a 12 or 14 speed, it could make the same power. Yeah. It's naturally going to perform better. And it'll stay in the power band better. Uh, but. You know, that's, you take my car or Summer's car with a 480E, you got three years to make things happen. <laughs> yeah. That's some pretty big splits compared yeah. to a 10-speed. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, I mean, I'd kill to have a 10-speed in her car. It'd be a blast. That would be yeah. awesome. The trans tuning costs so much. It for is. Yeah. Yeah. And really, any of the newer engines, they cost a lot. And then they, they make a few small mistakes, and you just smoked it and got to start over again. You know how much a C8 costs to unlock and tune? Uh, no, I don't. It's over two grand. That's just, I know the That's trucks. Before dyno tuning. I know the trucks, when they first come out, it was like $2,400 or $2,500 just for the credits. Yeah. That's how much C8 Or just to unlock the computer. Yeah. It's nuts. GM finally made it where you can do that. So I'm kind of interested to see, you know, they invested so much money into that Generation 6 small block they were talking about. Yeah. I wonder how long it's going to take for HP tuners to get a hold of that. Uh, it'll be probably pretty quick. Think so? Oh, yeah. Probably so. 
I'm wondering when we're going to see that. I'm wondering if when they bring the Camaro back is when they're going to bring the Gen 6. Well, I'd say the Corvette will get it first. Well, I mean, the word on the internet the past couple of weeks is the Camaro's coming back as an all-EV vehicle. I, I went down it. Mustangs. You know, but the problem is your sales numbers for internal combustion engines weren't that great. That's why you're that's why you're talking about ending the platform. You're gonna make it cost more and put an electric motor in it, and you think people are gonna buy it then? I don't agree with it. That's I, a, don't, I don't agree that's, with continuing the Camaro name at that point. Yeah. You know? uh, well, I mean, I'm not a huge fifth and sixth gen person. Yeah. They're nice cars. Uh, I'm not a huge fifth and sixth gen person. Most sixth gen people are like, if you don't have a sixth gen, you suck. Yeah, you're, you're a terrible they're, person. They're, they're nice platforms. And I'm like, well, you don't even have the nicest Camaro at all. And of course, they think they do. Yeah. Or a lot of them do. Well, they're brand new. I mean, well, then nice they, of that. well, then they're like, well, you just think fourth gens. I'm not even talking about fourth gens. Yeah. I'm a second gen person myself. Yeah, like, yeah. 70 to 73. I, you can't beat sure. that. Sorry. No. <laughs> uh, a lot of people think I'm crazy. I'm, I mean, 67 through 69 is a nice car, and I would love to have one. My actual favorite would be 70 through 73. I like uh, the those, those, those are cool in those years, too. Uh, so, I mean, 6-gen people are like, we got the baddest Camaros ever made. No, you don't. No, no, not even close. It'll never be as timeless as, like, a split bumper will be. Yeah, I mean. You think you think people in 30 years are going to be like, wow, look at that 2019 yeah. 1LE car. No, they're, they're going to be like, oh, it's a 2019 1LE car. Their value goes down every year while the split bumper is staying right. But 30 years from now, let a split bumper pull up and they'll be like, holy yeah. shit. You know, that's, that's a 1971 split bumper or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so this is not the same. They don't make cars like that anymore, though. They don't no, make cars that hold people's interest for yeah, 100 years. Like a Tesla, and there's no design in there. It's just a blank canvas, you know. Nope. But they got the performance on their side. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Uh, that's one thing that they've got cornered very well. For a streetcar, Tesla's hard to beat, you know, really. Well, if they could ever get it's the crazy. range better, uh, yeah. that's the only problem. Or if they could get the charging times down. I don't know what it's gonna, which is going to come first, but, I mean, EV, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not anti-EV at all. If you want one, buy one. Yeah, I uh, But I see some flaws in it, you know, range being one. Yeah, fire, uh, just the environment, period. Yeah. I'm not convinced that EV is better for the environment than internal With combustion is. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot goes into that. Uh, charging times. The power know, grid, I don't think it's support a full EV swap. That's either. another problem, too. You know, if we, if we gave everybody in the country an EV in their driveway right now, I don't think any of us have electricity. I don't think we do, I don't think any of us have lights on our house. No, probably not. Uh, so, I mean, they have their place. Uh, it's kind of funny you bring that up. I was reading some comments this morning of, you know, a Tesla, you know, perform well on the drag strip. And a guy pointed out, he's like, yeah, they just, they appeal to certain crowds because I'm, you know, a lot, along with a lot of people, you see a Tesla pull up the drag strip, you know what's going to happen. It's going to run low nines. Gonna yeah. run that. If you see a car like Summer's car pull up, it's either going to run a 14 <laughs> or it's going to go real fast. And Could. Worth watching, Could. So. Which the last quarter mile pass I made in her car was here about, I don't know, three or four weeks ago, and I was 42% throttle the whole way down the direction. <laughs> on, by design. Uh, it went 10.25 or 10.28 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't I – don't, when the boards are on at the drag strip, I don't ever – I like to keep it somewhat anonymous. I, I just oh, don't yeah. want everybody well, to know. Not, not that I'm a grudge racer, not that I'm some <laughs> no-time person. I mean, it's just I don't want everybody knowing exactly what it runs. Yeah. Uh, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. They don't have to know. And then plus two, just to be quite honest about it, her car has 
zero of the safety stuff to go that fast. Yeah. Uh, me personally, I don't want to put the track in that position. Yeah. You know, they have they have rules they got to abide by for insurance reasons and stuff like that. Right. And I don't like being that guy that makes them come over and tell me to quit. Yeah. Uh, I know better. I know the rules. And, you know, I can't go out there and run, theoretically, if it would run an eight-second pass, I can't go out there and run an eight-second pass wearing a T-shirt and a pair of cargo shorts yeah, with I, a factory seatbelt, no roll bar, no nothing. I just I can't be that guy. I've, I've heard that before, too. People be like, yeah, it might run that fast, but I'm going to let the track tell me, you know, if I need to decide. Like, I'm going to put no, the track in that position, no, man. That's terrible. They're no. here for you here at the end of the day, you know. And I, mean, I mean, plus two, I mean, you're at the drag strip, concrete walls on both sides, pretty safe environment, but, I mean, there's got to be something. I've been 149 miles an hour in her car at Beach Bend. Mm-hmm. There has to be something in somebody's mind at some point that says this is probably unsafe. A, le- a, a tire goes down. Oh, yeah. Uh, hits something at the end of the track, at the traps, and yeah. you lose control of the car. I mean, 149 miles an hour. Could go anywhere. 3,800-pound car. Yeah. That's a whole lot of energy. It's got to go somewhere. Yeah. I like walking, and I like being here, so. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, which I didn't know I was going to go that fast that day. Mm-hmm. That I went 149. Uh, but, I don't know. you got to be safe about this stuff, too, at the same time. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean... I'll make a hit out here on the street right now, eighth mile, which it doesn't really bother me that much. But you get much past the quarter mile or much past the eighth out here on the street, I start kind of uh, shy. I shy away from it. Yeah, it's too much. It's too much speed. Mm-hmm. Brian, as we wrap up here, I want to uh, ask where where can people kind of check you guys out? You know, where you're uh, racing at and the social media, any any of that good stuff. If they want to come out and see uh, see Zoner's uh, car run. Well, Summer's Car has an Instagram page. Okay. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not. No, go for it. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, the, it's some bitch is what it is. Yep. It's a S-O-M underscore B-I-C-H. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way kids can spell it and don't get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, of course, on Facebook, Brian Kimball and Summer Kimball, she spells her name where it's S-O-M-E-R. Okay. It's not S-U-M-M-E-R. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just to throw it out there. Uh, that's that's the two best places, really, Facebook and Instagram. Which okay. Instagram is just more or less pictures of it and events we've been to and such such and so forth. Maybe parts of like we broke something. And here's what we broke. Yeah. Uh, Facebook generally is the the main one. Uh, well, we're out all the time. If a person just come up and talk to us, be the best way to tell you the truth. Yeah. Uh, I will say, from coming from a person that hasn't known you very long, you're a very approachable person. Oh yeah, we like we like to try to get along with everybody, and uh, I mean. The amount of people that I have daily that message wanting to know how this works or where to get this, I never really intended that to happen. Yeah. Uh, it was strictly just being nice people and trying to help them. And it almost turned into – sometimes I turn messenger off. Yeah. I just turn it off for a couple oh, of days. I'm like, I can't do it no more. i got to take a break. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, it, sometimes it's just like, I'd love to help you all, but I need a couple of days for myself. Yeah. Uh, which in no way am I saying don't try to talk to me or anything. That's not that not that whatsoever. But most of the people understand. They're like, oh, I messaged you the other day, and they're like, you had to take a couple of days off. Did yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> just needed a couple of days. Have you ever thought about starting like a YouTube page or anything? You know, we actually uh, talked about that a million times. I actually started a YouTube channel. I don't know, twelve, fourteen, however long YouTube's been around. Yeah, and. Uh, I was actually going around to Demolition Derby's of all things, video and Demolition Derby's putting them up. Huh. And uh, actually was making money at it. Wow. And I just quit. 
<laughs> it just got to be like a job. I just quit. Yeah. Uh, which I do put some modern day stuff on there, like us fooling with cars and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but no, as far as full time YouTube content creator, probably not. I agree. That's I like making nice. reels on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty fun because it's pretty easy. Yeah. 30 seconds of editing and get 100,000 views, that's pretty nice. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, so that's probably more fun. It doesn't take near as much effort. I don't have a whole lot of free time. That's that's one of my major problems. I'm either at work or doing something else to try to make more money. Mm-hmm. And uh, the free time these days is pretty thin. Yeah. And it makes it really hard to uh, keep our projects going in the right direction. Or pretty much do anything else, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, every little bit of time you got, you got to really be be wise with it. Use it the best you can. Got to live in the moment there. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, that's, I'm, when I leave here, I'm going to rebuild a carburetor on a 1972 Nova. So, oh, that's fine. Uh, we put, uh, so I got it with no fuel pump and uh, put a fuel pump on it and immediately blowed every seal in the carburetor. Oh, my God. Which, again, it's been sitting since 1996. So, yep. OEM car? Uh, no, it's actually a hollow replacement. It, it's junk. 4160. No, 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 no. It's actually a 4264. So it is a Rochester Quadrajet replacement. Okay. So it's spread bore. The little primaries are like three quarters of an inch, and the secondaries are like two inch. So it's a weird. It looks like a. Well, it looks like you took a Quadrajet and a Holly and just kind of mashed them together, is what it yeah. looks like. And, uh,. It's 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 poor old thing. It's not a real good choice, but that'll be leaving. So yeah, drill bit three sixteen drill bit. We're gonna put all new seals to. I just want to drive the car with the old motor in it a couple of times just to get it, it. get it out and drive it a little bit. Yeah. And make sure I'm, I'm I'm gonna sell it to somebody else. So I need to make sure it's good. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, plus two, I just want to get out and drive it. <laughs> old cars are so fun to drive. Yeah. Brian, it was awesome having you on, man. If you ever want to come back on, our doors are wide open. Well, right on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. With that being said, guys, if you enjoyed the video, uh, definitely go check out Brian Kimball and Summer Kimball uh, wherever they plugged. Uh, it's great people to follow, like-minded gearheads that actually have a good attitude about cars. So uh, with that being said, guys, we'll catch you in the next one. That's it. Ah. Pretty good. So... Oh, I guess I'll wait. So you're going to hear a little bit of an echo. We just recorded a whole segment and our uh, new mics, uh, they unfortunately died. We're still messing with them. We just got them uh, in last week. So I didn't want to cheat you guys out of a tech talk. So uh, with that being said, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it to Jordan for a uh, distributor lesson here. So what is a distributor? You know, we'll just go over the basics here. A distributor is a device driven off of your camshaft that sends spark to a coil, well, from a coil to a point. So that's why the that's why the camshaft at the end has those splines because yeah. they make directly up into here, there. Spins, and then as it spins, there is points inside of your distributor that this rotor tip will contact. It spins around, contacts, and then you also have your mechanical events here. I'll try and show this to you. As it spins about 2,000 RPM, it starts off slightly retarded, but as the engine spins, it'll slightly open to about normal timing. I don't really know exactly where it will start. I know it starts slightly retarded, but as you get higher RPM, the more these weights come out and it will advance this rotor cap and you can get different weights. You can get heavier or lighter weights. So 
there's that. But basically your distributor drives, drives spark to your spark plug. That's its job. And you also have vacuum here. Some have vacuum advanced. I'm not actually sure what this one goes to. Looks okay. like it goes to the rotor here. I'm not sure if it also has vacuum advanced with the, I guess it's all vacuum advanced on this one actually, Never mind. But, so also timing your distributor. Some people find that tricky. The easiest way I think to find timing on it is put your engine top dead center on cylinder one. And then what you wanna do is you'll have your rotor on here to your cap. And wherever it's pointing, you'll start on here the spot it's pointing at the contact point whichever one it correlates to for which spark plug you just start that spark plug at cylinder one that's mm -hmm. how i've always done it it's easiest for me there's different methods and if you really want to know youtube has some really great videos but that's pretty much the basics of a distributor you know there's different types there's points hei you don't really see points anymore unless people are restoring cars. It's really kind of outdated. And a lot of people now don't even, you know, on LSs you can get distributors, but it just seems like more more and more people are going away from distributors. Mm -hmm. Unless you're a big block maybe, but even then some of them guys aren't even running distributors. I was kind of shocked to hear that Cookie was going to uh, stay mechanical on an LS3. Yeah, I don't know if I'm believe <laughs> he's going to do that. That's a lot of work. Yeah. That's a lot of money too, you know. I don't really see the advantage to it. I can see going carbureted still, you know. But when it comes to newer engines, there's obviously a reason we don't run distributors. They're outdated. You know, why rely on vacuum and weights when you can have a computer time it for you, which will be way more accurate and no part failures, yeah. obviously, unless you have a computer fail. So there's that. These are pretty basic. If you want to get one, they're pretty cheap, but... Yeah, about, uh, well, they, it depends on the brand. If you get MSD, they can start getting close to like the $1,000 range for like really? a kit. Yeah, Golly. for like the, the coil, uh, everything, which mine, mine's HEI, so it's yeah. got the coil on top. But if you get like the, uh, the ignition two, box. yeah, I think it's a 2A ignition box or whatever, you start, it starts getting pretty pricey whenever you start. Ignition boxes are nice. I yeah. mean, I'm not going to deny that. Yeah, they get a lot more control. Right, yeah, I think, I mean, that one I had a lot of trouble out of. It's just cheap. That's why we're kind of just using it as a prop. I replaced well, for it. for a cheaper one, it really isn't that bad. But. Yeah, I think my main reason, my main way I, I messed it up was I didn't have all the prongs locked down in that one. It's just like, they, they just weren't grabbing so good and the cap would pop off. And then that's what was causing me not to get, uh, get not getting sparked off all my cylinders. So uh, that's kind of why I jumped to that one is I had so many issues out of it. So I... That's the main thing I will say. Those caps are just so cheap, and it don't really matter what yeah. brand you buy. They're still a plastic cap. Yeah, you know, they do all sucks. the same thing. Yeah, that's kind of why it's you know outdated technology. There's just better ways of going about ignition now. Yeah, and two, like especially like a GM uh, motor, you have like the distributors back there against the firewall. Yeah, too, it's just dude. so like, hard to get to. Not only that, but like if you get into an accident or anything like There's that, cap's gonna bust yeah. on that Good firewall. Luck driving away after that, you know. Yeah. You get a Ford, you might drive away. <laughs> yeah, that, that distributor in the front. I'll give, I'll give Fords that. Yeah, I hate I hate distributors with the spot they're in on GM. It yeah. sucks. Like, you almost have to knock your firewall. And you know, sometimes. as easy as LS swaps are, I'm going to run a distributor engine, you know? Yeah. I, there's a reason that technology is fading away. It's cool to see still. Don't get me wrong. I like old flat cockpit cars, you know? Yeah. But it's definitely primitive technology and how you think yeah. about it. I wouldn't say primitive, but... 
it's, it's getting just we're dated. Getting, it's getting dated. It's old school for sure. It's been around since the start of engines. Yeah. I mean, now you got port injection, you got direct injection. I mean, yeah. even even direct injection is really the future now. Yeah, I mean, port port injection is going to start fading up before you know it. You know, yeah. With direct injection. Direct injection, high compression. You're getting more mileage that way, and that's why so many manufacturers are doing that, even on economy cars. Yeah. It's kind of crazy you see these performance parts on economy cars like you like yeah. my wife's car is a turbo like it's so yeah. crazy to see stuff like that that's more for the efficiency of yeah it. you're giving it air that could be you know instead of it being wasted is being reused that wouldn't be volumetric efficiency because it's not actually the engine's efficiency but it is reusing exhaust gas to generate and we recycle around here yeah we're recycling <laughs> that's why boost is forever <laughs> boost is forever <laughs> Well, I guess we'll throw it to an outro. Uh, hopefully some of this got chopped up right. I'll, I'll do my best. But uh, with that being said, you guys will see you in the next one. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, I'm a big, big guest thing. I believe it's going to be right. So just be looking out for that. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next one.